Dog Days of Podcasting, Day 26, Saturday, August 29th, 2020. Today's topic, the 2014 to 2016 West African Ebola epidemic. Little note first, I think yesterday I twice said 2000 swine flu when I meant to say 2009 swine flu. Once at the very end, kind of ruining the climax of the episode in my mind. Hopefully you either did not notice or knew what I meant. I know I've made a bunch of mistakes and oversimplifications in these 25 episodes so far. Some I've already caught them and there are times I wish I could do do-overs. But hopefully 80% of what I'm saying is correct. Just don't take anything I say as absolutely certain. Okay, on to Ebola. There are five strains of the Ebola virus. I believe all were named after where they were first identified. Before this 2014 outbreak, there had been about 2,500 cases and 1,600 deaths since 1976. The first identifiable case of Ebola caused by what was subsequently labeled the Sudan Ebola virus occurred in a storekeeper in a cotton factory in Enzara, South Sudan, now part of Sudan, who was hospitalized on June 30th and died on June 6, 1976. Although the WHO medical staff involved in the Sudan outbreak knew they were dealing with a heretofore unknown disease, the actual positive identification process and the naming of the virus did not occur until some months later. In this outbreak, 284 were infected and 151 died. Later that year, another outbreak occurred in Zaire involving a different member of the Ebola virus family, Zaire Ebola virus, killing 280 people. This is now known to be the most dangerous form of that virus. In the outbreak, the first person infected with the disease was a school's headmaster, Mabalo Lokila, who began displaying symptoms after he had returned from a trip to the Ebola River in northern Zaire. I don't know if you say Zaire, Zaire, in August 1976. He was originally believed to have malaria and given quinine. He died 14 days, he died 14 days after symptoms appeared. Some of the people infected in, infected in this particular epidemic were due to Belgian nuns giving unnecessary vitamin injections to pregnant women without sterilizing the needles and syringes. Between 1976 and 2014 were a number of other smaller outbreaks. On March 23, 2014, the WHO reported cases of Ebola virus disease, EVD, in the forested rural region of southeastern Guinea, West Africa. The identification of these early cases marked the beginning of the West African Ebola epidemic. The initial case, or index patient, was reported in December 2013. An 18-month-old boy from a small village in Guinea is believed to have been infected by bats. Five additional cases of fatal diarrhea occurred in that area. The Ebola virus soon spread to Guinea's capital city of Conakry, probably said that wrong, in March 2014, with 49 confirmed cases and 29 deaths, the WHO officially declared an outbreak of EVD. Weak surveillance systems and poor public health 
infrastructure contributed to the difficulties surrounding the containment of this outbreak, and it quickly spread to Guinea's bordering countries, Liberia and Sierra Leone. By July 2014, the outbreak spread to the capitals of all three countries. This was the first time EVD extended out from more isolated rural areas and into densely populated urban centers. Healthcare workers caring for patients with EVD were among those at highest risk for contracting the disease. During the epidemic, Liberia lost 8% of its doctors. The epidemic also had a great impact on children. Nearly 20% of all EVD cases occurred in children under 15 years old, and an estimated 30,000 children became orphans. EVD spread to seven more countries, Italy, Mali, Nigeria, Senegal, Spain, the United Kingdom, and the United States. The scope of this outbreak, both in terms of cases and geography, can be attributed to the unprecedented circulation of EVD into crowded urban areas and conflicts between key inflect infection control practices and prevailing cultural and traditional practices in West Africa. Engaging local leaders in prevention programs and messaging, along with careful policy implementation at the national and global level, helped to eventually contain the spread of the virus and put an end to this outbreak in 2016. A total of 28,600 cases of EVD and over 11,000 deaths were reported in Guinea, Liberia, and Sierra Leone. There were additional 36 cases and 15 deaths that occurred when the outbreak spread outside of these three countries. In the United States, 11 people were treated for Ebola. On September 30th, 2014, the CDC confirmed the first travel-associated case diagnosed in the U.S. in a man who traveled from West Africa to Dallas, Texas. That patient, the index case, died on October 8, 2014. Two healthcare workers who cared for him in Dallas tested positive for EVD, both recovered. Eight others who caught Ebola in other countries were evacuated to the U.S. One of them died. Despite the small number of cases and deaths in the U.S., this became a huge political issue. In summary, there were 11 cases in the U.S. Only two caught it while in the U.S., both of whom survived. A total of two died, both having caught it outside the U.S. Nevertheless, in the 2014 election, the Republican Party campaigned vigorously on the issue and accused President Barack Obama of, quote, incompetence and, quote, failing to protect America. Indeed, Donald Trump tweeted that Obama was a, quote, psycho and called on Obama to resign over his response to Ebola. There's little doubt that race and Obama's ancestral links to Africa played a role in the Republican campaign strategy. The press gleefully joined in on the attacks with actual headlines such as, Obama has failed his Katrina moment. Never mind that two died from Ebola, neither having caught it inside the U.S., whereas over 1,800 Americans died in Hurricane Katrina. The issue turned the 2014 election into one about immigration, helping Republicans gain congressional seats. More about the disease itself. Ebola virus disease, EVD, is a viral hemorrhagic fever of humans and other primates caused by Ebola viruses. Signs and symptoms simply start between, sim, 
typically start between two days and three weeks after contracting the virus with a fever, sore throat, muscular pain, and headaches. Vomiting, vomiting, diarrhea, and rash usually follow, along with decreased, decreased function of the liver and kidneys. At this time, some people begin to bleed both internally and externally. Bleeding from mucous membranes or from sites of needle punctures has been reported in 40 to 50% of all cases. This may involve vomiting blood, coughing up of blood, or blood in stool. Bleeding into the whites of eyes may also occur. In general, bleeding often indicates a worse outcome, and blood loss may result in death. People are often in a coma near the end of life. The disease has a high risk of death, killing 25 to 90% of those infected, with an average of about 50%. This is often due to low blood pressure from fluid loss and typically follows 6 to 16 days after symptoms appear. Those who survive often have ongoing muscular and joint pain, liver inflammation, and decreased hearing, and may have continued tiredness, continued weakness, decreased appetite, and difficulty returning to pre-illness weight. Problems with vision may develop. The virus spreads through direct contact with body fluids, such as urine, feces, vomit, or blood from infected humans or other animals, and maybe even saliva and tears. Semen and breast milk from patients can spread the virus as well, even several weeks or months after they have recovered. About the virus itself, it's an RNA virus. This description of their shape is kind of interesting. As with all filoviruses, Ebola virus virions are filamentous particles that may appear in the shape of a shepherd's crook, of a U, or of a six, and they may be coiled, toroid, or branched. In general, Ebola virions are 80 nanometers in width and may be as long as 14,000 nanometers. In other words, little tiny spaghettis. Although it is not entirely clear how Ebola initially spreads from humans to animals, the spread is believed to involve direct contact with an infected wild animal or fruit bat. Besides bats, other wild animals sometimes infected with Ebola virus include several species of monkeys, such as baboons, great apes, chimpanzees, and gorillas, and dukiers, dukers, a species of antelope. Ebola viruses are highly dangerous because they replicate and spread throughout the body so rapidly that the immune immune system cannot respond quickly enough. Ebola virus replicates very efficiently in many many cells, producing large amounts of the virus. The following description is a bit complex, even after I edited edited it some, but it gives you an idea for how devastating Ebola is. Like other filoviruses, Ebola virus replicates very efficiently, efficiently in many cells, producing large amounts of virus in monocytes, macrophages, dendritic cells, and other cells, including liver cells, fibroblasts, and adrenal gland cells. After infection, endothelial cells, cells lining the inside of blood vessels, liver cells, and several types of immune cells, such as macrophages, monocytes, and dendritic cells, are the main targets of attack. Then the virus can enter the bloodstream and lymphatic system and spread throughout the body. White blood cells, such as the lymphocytes, are killed, leading to an abnormally low concentration of lymphocytes in the blood. This contributes to the weakened immune response 
seen in those infected with Ebola virus. Blood vessel damage occurs leading to improper clotting. The widespread bleeding that occurs in affected people causes swelling and shock due to loss of blood volume. That's that description. Finally, while there is no approved treatment for Ebola as of 2019, two treatments are associated with improved outcomes. I guess these aren't totally approved. I'm not really sure the difference between approved and yes, there are treatments. But anyway, there are two treatments. These appear to be antibodies that fight against Ebola. Ebola. I tried to read about it a little bit uh, confusing to me, but there are a couple of treatments. An Ebola vaccine was approved in the U.S. in December 2019. Ervibo, developed by the Public Health, Health Agency in Canada, is a vaccine based on the vesicular stomatitis virus, which was genetically modified to express a surface glycoprotein of the Zaire Ebola virus. So I checked into this. Uh, vesicular stomatitis virus that virus only causes very mild symptoms in humans for a few days. So what they're saying is that they took that virus and added on top of it a protein that's normally on top of Ebola virus. So the immune system will attack this vaccine virus. The immune system thus builds up antibodies to this lab-created virus and, by extension, Ebola. Beyond that, beyond these couple of treatments and the vaccine, uh, oral rehydration therapy, drinking slightly sweetened and salty water, or giving intravenous fluids can be used to treat symptoms. Last additional note, there is a brand new ongoing Ebola outbreak in the Democratic Republic of Congo. As of eight days ago, 43 have died. The WHO is responding, and actually doing a lot from what I read, but it's difficult because the outbreak Uh, covers hundreds of square miles in remote areas, not easy to get to. Funding is also too low, made worse by COVID-19 draining resources. That's all for today.